Hello everyone, this is Victoria Townsend. Today I want to talk to you about the stigma around mental health for Christians. I am a Christian. I'm a wife, a mother, sister, and a nurse. I was raised in a Christian home. But as life happens, my parents divorced and my family was split up. I had eight siblings. Me and four of my siblings were raised by my dad. And although he had stopped going to church, he always sent us. I attended a Pentecostal church all my life. And I always believed in God. I knew that his son Jesus came to save us from our sin. We had to be born again of the water and spirit, believe on him and we would be saved. Throughout all my life attending church, I heard many sermons and Bible teachings on prayer, healing and believing and having faith but not many, if any, on mental health healing. Yes, I heard the sermon about Jesus delivering Mary Magdalene from seven demons and the man that was possessed with a legion of demons. But what about mental illness? The church I attended didn't talk much about mental illness at all. In the light that it can be healed, but only in negative statements such as, is of the devil you don't have enough faith, or you're hanging around the wrong crowd. But thank goodness I know better now. Let me tell you about my journey. I remember coming home in October of 2007. I thought I was okay. I had survived the war, the Iraqi war. You see, I was an army nurse. I deployed to Iraq in June of 2006. I first went to Kuwait to get acclimated to the hot weather, training and instructions on what to expect once we got to our assigned destinations. Our unit was divided into three groups and I was assigned to go to Mosul. Mosul is in the northwestern part of Iraq. This city is considered the largest city in Iraq in terms of population and area after the capital Baghdad with a population of over 3.7 million people. We arrived there in September of 2006. It was exciting and scary at the same time. You know all the things I heard about Saddam Hussein, the briefings that we received concerning the area and our mission. I was ready to work. I was ready to help save lives and do what was ever necessary to help our soldiers and our mission. The first day was kind of hectic. We would get in our shoes. That's the acronym for container housing units. We were moving equipment, getting acclimated to the area, going to the hospitals and seeing where the bathrooms and the mess halls and stuff like that, where everything was put. It was all coming together. We were meeting other troops who we were replacing. Their tour was ending and they were going home in a week or two. By day three, I was feeling less anxious. And then we got bombed. Reality hit, and it hit hard. I was in a war. I was in a war zone. My first of many mass cows. We trained for this many times over and over again. Now it's the real thing. Mass cows stands for mass casualties. And mass casualty situations occur when the number of casualties exceed the available medical capability to capability to rapidly treat and evacuate those that are wounded.
So that was my beginning of a long deployment. Seeing and doing things as a soldier and as a nurse that would stick with me for the rest of my life. The constant heightened awareness that I was used to being in has now have to come to a complete stop. And now it's time to live normal. Hmm. What is normal? According to Merriam-Webster definition, it's conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. But I wasn't normal. I couldn't sleep. I was easily startled. I was hypervigilant. I became apathetic, irritable, easily angered for no reason. My interest in things I used to do had greatly diminished. I cried often. I couldn't remember words. And I was mad at the world. Why? I didn't know why. I was later diagnosed as having PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh yeah, I did mention I am a Christian. My world was upside down. I didn't know how to cope. I tried to hide my frustrations at home and at work and at church. People that knew I was deployed and recently returned home wanted to know how many dead people I saw. How many did I take care of? If I shot anybody, did I see any explosions? What? What? I couldn't believe it. This, they saw this calm-looking female, well-groomed, half-smiling, and thought I was all right. Yes, I laughed and I talked about the pleasant things of my deployment, but inside I was dying and screaming for help, but no one saw the invisible wounds. When I tried to talk to some of the leaders at my church about it, how I was feeling and couldn't remember things, they said, keep praying. God is going to help you. But they didn't reach out to me. They never asked me if I wanted to talk or let's pray about it together. Nothing. I felt alone, boxed in, and depressed. I really only felt comfortable around my army friends. And one of my brothers, he was also in my unit, but he did not deploy with me due to his wife's illness and later death one month after I deployed. As time went by, some of my coworkers saw the change in me. They noticed I was quiet and easily irritated. One of them said to me, Vicki, you smile, but your eyes are sad. They tell a different story. Yeah. I prayed or I tried to pray. You see, my mind was constantly thinking about several things at one time. It was hard for me to concentrate. I was getting about four or five hours of sleep after taking medication to make me sleep. Sometimes not that much, but I kept pushing almost robotic-like. The wake-up call came when I had an argument with my daughter and she said to me, Mom, What is wrong with you? I can't even talk to you anymore. You just get mad over every little thing. Yeah, I went in my bedroom and cried like a baby. I knew I needed help. I began to pray and tell the Lord how I felt. I didn't think I could go on living like this. I stayed on my knees crying and praying. I knew the Lord heard me. I knew he was looking down at me. He had helped me out of so many difficult situations. 
You see, the scripture I used to quote over and over again when I was deployed and felt alone is, I will never leave you or forsake you. But I didn't know how to process what was going on with me. I sought professional help. I believe the Lord guided me to through this journey. He walked, literally walked me step by step. He put people in my path to help me along this way. I began with my provider at the VA, telling her of my sleepless nights, the bouts of anger and frustration, the lack of concentration and forgetfulness, my poor appetite, and so on. She connected me with support groups, doctors that specialize with PTSD, and counselors to talk with. This wasn't an easy journey for me, mentally, because I had to face my fears, my struggle, and myself. All the things that I had kept bottled up and didn't have the time or the know-how to process. Some things I wasn't ready to talk about, but in time I did. I had three different counselors before I connected with the right one for me. That's something I learned about on this journey, is that you have to have the right fit, meaning just because they have the credentials and expertise doesn't mean they're right for you. And I believe only you will know that. During my first session with my third counselor, I knew it. Our spirits connected. She listened intently to what I had to say. She asked me about my faith and my family and why it was important to me. Little by little, I began to open up. I knew I was on the right road to getting back to normal. It's a process that only you determine the outcome meaning you have to be transparent. You got to let those guards down and trust in God that he will help you and put the right people in your life to help you. I want to let people know that God already knows what's going on in your life, no matter how tragic or dark it may be. He knows and he cares. He made us and he made us to communicate with him and with others. He sends our way to help us. The stigma of being weak or not trusting in God or having enough faith is a lie. The enemy knows that once he, is, once he is exposed to the light, it's over for him. He cannot torment your mind. He can't hold you in bondage, bondage or chains any longer. An enemy exposed is an enemy defeated. The Bible is full of illustrations of God leading to people's to others for help by him through them. Paul told Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach issues. He led Ananias to Paul to restore his sight. The Lord uses people to do his work according to his will. Listen, people, mental illness is real. And many people, including Christians, have suffered and is suffering from it. Mental illness is not a sign of weakness. It's not a punishment for our sins or for your sins. God is not testing you or your faith. You're not a bad Christian or a disappointment to God. We put our hope and our trust in the Lord. 
the people that are chosen to help us on this journey are being used by Christ. Our community, the church, should be the first to reach out and pray for those that are suffering. They have to move beyond the whispering, the shame, and the stigma. We, and I'm saying we, because I'm part of the church, we need to show the love of Christ just as he has shown to us. I want to quote Isaiah 43, 42, verse 3 from the Message Bible. It says, he won't brush aside the bruise and the hurt, and he won't disregard the small and insignificant. Meaning, he loves the fragile. He loves healing people who have been beaten, battered, and bruised mentally, physically, and emotionally. You know, when people are struggling with mental illness, this is not a time to shame or blame them or go silent as if the problem doesn't exist at all. But this is a time that we should be understanding and compassionate, showing others that Jesus came seeking and saving and serving the lost and the broken people around him. This is how we honor Christ when we join in his mission by doing the same.